human eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Open mine eyes, illumine me. Spirit divine. Love of my life, I am crying. I am not dying. I am dancing. Dancing along in the madness. There is no sadness, only soul and we'll sing this song why don't you sing along and we can sing I would like to invite you to a soul level encounter music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak that's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul you will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Follow your heart, love will find you. Truth will unbind you. Seek out the song of the soul and we'll sing this song. Why don't you sing along? My guest today on Song of the Soul is Art Lyons. Art Lyons is on the staff at UW Eau Claire. He was raised Catholic but practiced as a Buddhist for a number of years, and I'm proud to call him a friend. Art, thanks for joining me for doing Song of the Soul. I'm very pleased that you stepped forward to volunteer for this. Thank you. And I've gotten to know you through men's group, which is a way to learn pretty deep texture of another person's heart. So I already feel like I know you, but I also think that going into this music is an opportunity for me and other people to know you on a deeper level. Have you had a long-term connection with music? Yeah, I fell in love with music in my mid-teens and uh, started taking piano lessons at, at 15 and put up with the taunting through high school. Turned to it ever since for comfort, solace, time passing, whatever. What are some of the earliest songs that you recall kind of transporting your heart? I fell in love musically with Elton John when I was 15. I was 15 just as his Greatest Hits album was coming out, and I rushed to my parents and said, I must have piano lessons. You must get me a piano. Uh, and they did, and I learned a little for three years. Again, put up with plenty of taunting at school and on the wrestling mats and on the football field and on the baseball diamond, especially when I had to leave early for piano lessons. My love affair with Elton goes on today. Religious, spiritually, how were you raised in your family? My family was a sort of traditional working-class Catholic family. I went to Catholic grade schools, not Catholic high school. Went to church every Sunday, whether I needed it or not. Left my dad behind when I did. He was a Baptist, raised Baptist. Came to church with us Easter, Christmas, every once in a while. Spent plenty of time with the nuns and the priests at Catholic school, but it, it never really took for me Catholicism. You said that Elton John was your first popular music love. What year was that? 
That would be about 1975. Well, that's not the first song that you have chosen for your song of the soul. You've chosen the Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I think that song came out 66, 67, somewhere about in there. How did it come into your life, and what part has it got in your spiritual values or background or journey? I have an older brother who was probably 12 years older than I and was immersed in the chaos of the 60s and the draft, uh, sort of 180 degrees opposed to my military background father. And he was a big Rolling Stones fan. And I remember that he would roll out of bed about noon every day, and I knew he was up because the Rolling Stones would start playing in the house, and they would play until he left. And that's what I recall about the Rolling Stones. So it speaks of family and some of the change in the tension between you and your father, maybe your connection to your brother. Are you still connected to that brother? I don't have a close connection to that brother, no. He was older enough to be sort of moving on by the time I came of age. I think the song Satisfaction really doesn't connect so much to family for me, but it connects to things I've learned as an adult spiritually. The notion that one of the driving forces in our lives is to seek satisfaction and to seek consolation and comfort and the paradox of the fact that though the song's called Satisfaction, there's the I can't get no, which is the important part for me, the, the fact you chase it, but you don't find it. It's sort of the first noble truth of the Buddha that to live is to suffer, and chasing satisfaction is a large part of that suffering. So now we'll listen to the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction.
I, too, am a fan of George Harrison and All Things Must Pass. I love that album. How does this song fit for you? I think if Satisfaction discusses the first noble truth of Buddhism for me, I think the second noble truth is, uh, to some extent, encompassed by George Harrison's song, All Things Must Pass. Actually, the second and third noble truth. The core of Buddhism, really, for me, is the extent to which desire and suffering are tied together in a cause and effect. And the reason that that exists is because of impermanence, the fact that all things must pass, the fact that we age, we get sick, we die, we suffer, we want things, we try to get them. When we do get them, we try to hold on to them. The reality of it is that we really can't. And so acknowledging that, as I think George Harrison does in this song very directly, is, I think, an important part of my spirituality. When do you think that you came to this awareness? When were you exposed to and involved with particularly Buddhism? It was in my adult years. It was probably 10, 12, 13 years ago. I was at a low point in my life. I was um, psychologically unhappy. I was physically a mess. My personal life was a mess. My relationship with my family wasn't as healthy as it could have been. I was in the hospital for a couple of minor situations. I think that was the process of growing up in the sense of realizing mortality, realizing I had to take care of myself, realizing I had to face lots of issues head on and deal with them myself, that help wasn't available to me unless I myself was the help. I was always a, a reader of philosophy. I thought I was a scholar and a, a reader being interested in philosophical issues. But what I found later, once I found a lot of help from Buddhism and a lot of meaning in Buddhism, I found my philosophy reading sort of dropped off. I wasn't that curious anymore. So it was at that point that I sought some instruction and some meditation practice and so on. So let's listen to George Harrison, All Things Must Pass. Sunrise doesn't last all morning A cloud burst doesn't last all day Seems my love is up and has left you with no warning It's not always been this great All things must pass All things must pass away Sunset doesn't last all evening A mind can blow those clouds away After all this, my love is up and must be leaving It's not always been this great Things must pass away. All things must pass. Not a life strings can last. So I must be on my way. 
face another day Our darkness only stays at night time In the morning it will fade away Daylight is good at arriving at the right time It's not always gonna be this great All things must pass All things must pass away All things must pass All things must pass away You're a few years younger than me, Art, and so it always amazes me when people younger than me can remember people like the Beatles, <laughs> who were already fossils by the time uh, many of them came along. How do you connect with Within You, Without You by the Beatles? Paul McCartney's first band, I think, was pretty good. No, I, It's an exotic-sounding song, uh, which sort of catches your attention right away. It's George Harrison, the dark horse of the band, uh, which is a, of interest to me. But I think the lyrics, the, just the notion that the world is within you, both within you and without, that who you are, what you're going to do, your connection with others and so on, is both within you and without. There's sort of a loop there that we make an artificial separation between the two, between what's in us and what's supposedly outside of us. But there really is no outside of us in that sense. I think this song just sort of points that out and reminds us of that. Let's listen to The Beatles, Within You, Without You. Realize it's always 
never heard of the farm dogs before, so I'm really looking forward to listening to Bone of Contention. Art, where did you run into the farm dogs? Well, being the Consummate Elton John fan, I've already confessed to being I follow anything remotely related. Uh, the farm dogs was a band started by Bernie Taupin, who Elton John fans know to be Elton John's longtime lyricist and partner in songwriting. They put out two albums, as far as I know, maybe seven, eight years ago. And so, of course, I had to pick that album up and listen to it, and, and I, I'm glad I did. It's turned out to be one of my favorite albums. The album's called Last Stand in Open Country. Many of Elton John's early lyrics, if you listen to Tumbleweed Connection, for example, it, the whole thing is about the, the American West. Bernie's always been fascinated with the American West, and he currently lives in the western desert of the United States and ranches for a living. And so there's a real country feel not country music feel, but a real sort of Western feel to this album and this song in particular. The importance of this song, to me, the chorus really drives home the point that the goal is to get along. There will be no bone of contention. I think the pun on bone and farm dogs is kind of fun and interesting. That's the wisdom that we must seek. So let's listen to Bernie Taupin and the farm dogs as they sing Bone of Contention. Got a big red heart thumping loud inside of me. 
The Beatles are really getting pretty good play here out of you, Art. The next one by John Lennon called Watching the Wheels. When did it enter onto your screen? I think actually that song came out on the last album Lennon did before he died. I think that's a 1980s. I think that album actually may have come out after he died. I think it was in the works. It came out on my screen about that time. I was in college. Many people remember where they were when Kennedy was killed. Many people who are young now remember where they were when they heard about 9-11. Many people roughly my age or maybe who were in college when I was may remember where they were when they heard that John Lennon was killed. I had a roommate, for example, who was a huge Beatles fan and mourned the loss of John Lennon, his favorite Beatle. And rituals outside of the Dakota apartments after Lennon died witnessed the fact that he meant a lot to a lot of people. I didn't realize I was such a Beatles fan until this assignment, but I think it was at that time. The second airing of that song for me came recently, an album of John Lennon's acoustic songs, uh, demos and, and acoustic concert songs and so on, came out, and I picked it up wonderful stripped-down acoustic version of Watching the Wheels. It was really only then that I started paying a little closer attention to the lyrics. They speak well for me. So a special acoustic version of John Lennon's Watching the Wheels. (laughs) 
People say I'm crazy Doing what I'm doing They give me all kinds of warnings Save me from ruin When I say that I'm okay Well, they look at me kind of strange Surely you're not happy now You no longer play the game Ah, people say I'm lazy Dreaming my life away Well, they give me all kinds of advice Designed to enlighten me Shadows on the wall well, Don't you miss the big time boy You're no longer on the ball I'm just sitting here Making the wheels go round and round And rock the Boston road Asking questions Lost in confusion Well, I tell them there's no problem Only solution Well, they shake their heads and look at me As if I've lost my mind I tell them there's no hurry Sitting here doing time I'm just sitting here Watching the wheels Come round and round I really love to watch them roll No longer riding on The next artist I've not heard of before, Liz Fair. Where did you run into her art and imaginary accomplishments? What does that mean for you? Well, I have my daughter, uh, Michelle, to thank for Liz Fair. I asked my daughter one day if she would pull some of her CDs off her shelf. She listened to music much different from what I listened to. Pull some CDs for me, particularly of female artists, and list some songs she thinks I might like. Let me have them. Let me listen to them. And she pulled, among many, many others, she pulled a few Liz Fair albums. And I don't know that I liked the one she thought I would like, but I did find lots of music there that I really liked. And this song, Imaginary Accomplishments, I, I think this song gets at authenticity, and it gets at the idea that it's just easier to go through life if you're just who you are. Those of us who go through life padding our resumes, both professionally and personally, uh, we create, I think, boundaries between ourselves and the world around us, especially when we begin to believe our own lies, as some of the people in this song do. Uncle Alvarez may not actually be watching us, but I think we need to be our own Uncle Alvarez. Imaginary Accomplishments by Liz Fair. 
personal favorite of mine, John Prine. The song you've chosen is Only Love. Well, uh, you know, the Beatles said love is all you need. John Prine probably didn't say it quite as popularly, but it's a wonderful little song. I don't know if love is all you need. I mean, I need other things. I need a car and I need food and shelter and so on. But boy, I think if we use our spiritual heritage, Jesus Christ, for example, in our culture, the primary one, the native spirits and so on, and realize that love goes a long way. John Prine in this song talks about you can do lots of things, but if you wake up to nobody, what have you done those things for? Have you had to face that struggle yourself? The struggle of waking up to nobody, I've not faced much. I've had the good fortune of waking up to somebody for almost 25 years now, and hopefully another 25. Let's tune in to John Prine, Only Love. You may live alone and close your eyes Some folks do You may dream a dream that's twice your size All night through When the morn comes, who's to tell Your dreams to only you only love, love only, only love will do. Only love, love only, only love comes true. Nothing else, you see, there's nothing else. Only love, only love within my heart One or two Where one love would end and one would start I never knew If love should come your way you learn to say I love you I love you only love, love only, only love 
will do. Only love, love only, only love comes true. Nothing else, you see. There's nothing else. Only love. For the next song, we're back to the Beatles, two of us. Right. This is from Let It Be Naked, so that word will draw more of an audience for us, I think. Actually, it's difficult to tell the difference between this version and the original Let It Be version. I think this song is a nice compliment to the John Prine song, because the song talks about going nowhere, going back home, but going nowhere, uh, which in a spiritual sense, I think, means this is where we are, and this is where we need to be, and this is what we need to do while we're here. But the interesting thing is that you're doing it with somebody. There's two of us going nowhere instead of just going nowhere alone. We're keeping busy while we're, you know, we're sending postcards and writing letters and so on, but we're always doing it together. There's two of us, and I think that's important. Two of Us by The Beatles.
We're going home. The name of the next one intrigues me, Freaks in Love, by Elton John. It's not one I've heard. How does this fit into your spiritual values? This is a recent song by Elton John, I think 2004 or five. his latest album, um, Peachtree Road. Um, Freaks in Love is a wonderful song that says the notion expressed in the Beatles' Two of Us and in John Prine's Only Love, the idea of going through life with somebody is not reserved or limited to those who meet the media standard of acceptable or beautiful, the media standard of lifestyle, the cultural mainstream. That's available. That idea of going through life with somebody special is available to anybody, tall, short, uh, skinny, fat, uh, hairy, bald, uh, gay, straight. It's available to all of us. And that's, that's wonderful. What a consolation that is, especially to me. Okay. Freaks in Love by Elton John. I 
going through your list art that you weren't going to be able to make it to the end without having some Bob Dylan in here. You've picked out one that I don't know yet, Lord Protect My Child. When did this come out and what connections it got for you? Uh, It's absolutely amazing to me that some of Bob Dylan's best work he withheld from us. If he wasn't such a wonderful artist and at this point a cultural icon, I'd be downright peeved at him for this. He wrote this song in 1983, didn't put it on his Infidels album. Why, I don't know. I could suggest one or two that he could have left off for this one. I think when I first heard this, this came out later on a bootleg album or something. I think when I first heard this, I probably actually teared up. You know, I have two children, but it seems to me anybody that's had a child and raised a child and gone through the emotional roller coasters of raising and loving children, it's just uh, the depth with which these smaller people and younger people reside in you is so astounding that for some people, the only people they'll sacrifice for is their children. And that says quite a bit. I'm not a praying person. I think if I had to protect my child from illness, from death, from any sort of catastrophe, that's maybe the one thing that would make me a praying person. Bob Dylan's song from 1983, Lord Protect My Child. Mother's eyes, there's gladness in his heart, he's young and he's wild. My only prayer is if I can't be there. Hey 
Come to the last song in your Song of the Soul, Every Grain of Sand by Bob Dylan. It's a song I love as well. What does this song represent for you? Well, those who know Bob Dylan from his work in the 60s and early 70s, that's quite a body of work. Blood on the Tracks, 75, unbelievable album. But a lot of people gave up on Bob Dylan, I think, when he started doing the Christian fundamentalist thing in 1979, 80, 81, which I think are pretty good albums, by the way, some good music on there. Every Grain of Sand is the last song on that series of three so-called Christian period or gospel period albums. And I think if you listen to those three albums, you see, I don't want to say a growth because I don't want to be judgmental, but I think you see a development. I think you see a development from... I'm not sure what what language to use for this, but I I think you see a development from a very literal, biblical interpretation of Revelation, for example, in the first album, and even heavier in the second album of that period, which is called Saved, after all. I think by the end of the third album, Shot of Love, you see a, a much more contemplative or mystical take on the Christianity that he was picking up and learning. 
And I think if you listen to Every Grain of Sand, you're hearing the mystical Bob Dylan at his peak. Interestingly, Infidels, which came next, turns everything around about 180 degrees and looks at the world from a different perspective. And so that, I think, could be considered part of his Christian period as well. And certainly in a bigger picture, Dylan incorporated Christian and Jewish and biblical and other spiritual imagery throughout his whole career and still does. And so in some ways, this is a moot discussion. But every grain of sand seems to me, it seems to me to be Christianity's place at that point where Christianity and Buddhism and Hinduism and earth-based religions and the Tao and other world religions sort of come together at a point and we mere mortals use our own selective language for that and fight over that language. But every grain of sand, I think, is the Christian place where all these religions come together. We'll listen to Every Grain of Sand by Bob Dylan. time of my confession in the hour of my deepest need when the pool of tears beneath my feet flood every newborn seed there's a dying voice within me reaching out somewhere toiling in the danger To look back on any mistake Like can I now behold this chain of events that I must break In the fury of the moment I can see the Master's hand In every leaf that trembles In every grave Oh, the flowers of indulgence and the weeds of yesteryear Like criminals they have choked the breath of conscience and good cheer The sun beat down upon the steps of time to light the way to Away of temptation's angry flame, and every time I pass that way, I always hear my name. Then onward in my journey, I come to understand that every hair is numbered like every grain.
have gone from rags to riches In the sorrow of the night In the violence of a summer street In the chill of a wintry light Then the bitter dance of loneliness Fading into space In the broken mirror of innocence on each forgotten face I hear the aging footsteps Like the motion of the sea Sometimes I turn There's someone there Other times it's only me I am hanging in the balance Of the reality of man like every sparrow falling Like every grain of sand I want to thank you, Art, for taking the time and also the thought to share your song of the soul. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the assignment to come up with the music was was wonderful, and thinking it through and listening to them, some of these older songs, it was a real treat. Thank you. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at USA dot N-E-T. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul. I will sing.